Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Motherkind podcast with me, your host, Zoe Blasky. This week we are talking all things body image with Mel Wells. If you haven't come across Mel, she is a health and eating psychology coach. She's a speaker, she's a body image expert, and she has written a brilliant book called The Goddess Revolution with Hay House, which was a bestseller. So Mel and I chatted in my home. We had a really, really lovely afternoon together talking about how we can learn to love our bodies, even though they might look very different to how they did pre-children. And that was definitely my experience. So you aren't going backwards, neither is your body. You can move forward and absolutely you can have a very healthy and strong and fit body as a mother. But just don't be with the mentality of like trying to get something back. Mel shares her own story, which is really, really interesting about how she went from being an actress in a soap called Hollyoaks with an eating disorder, which she talks about very openly, to healing herself inside and out and now doing the work that she does. It's like we reiterate the same stories over and over again and that actually depletes our energy because we're kind of identifying with this story that we don't actually want but we cling to so it's like if you want to improve your energy levels try speaking in a different way we talk about body image we talk about loving our bodies seeing our bodies in a different way and some of the things that mel said really really got me to think differently actually and i found some of what she's saying incredibly enlightening so i can't wait to hear what you all think of it as well We also talk about what we need to be teaching our children, particularly our girls, about body image and how what we think about our bodies really does play into a bigger idea around what we think about ourselves and the world and how we value ourselves and others. The best way that we can teach our daughters and sons to have a good relationship with food and their bodies is just by being it ourselves, by being the example that we want to see. We cover so much around this topic and I was really excited to talk about it. We haven't talked about it yet on the podcast, but its I know it's such a big thing that so many of us mums struggle with. So I hope you really enjoy it. If you did, I know I say this every week, but please, please, please leave a review. It does make a massive difference. And here it is. I hope you really enjoy it. Let me know what you think. So Mel, welcome to the Motherkind podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for welcoming me into your beautiful home. Oh, it's lovely to have you here. And I've got that weird thing with you where I feel like I know you really well, but I don't (laughs) because I've read your book and I've followed you for years. But this is the first time we've met. So I'm so excited to chat about and share with my audience, you know, you and your work. And we're really going to get into loving our bodies, Mm -hmm. even our post-baby wobbly bodies. Mm Mm-hmm. So um, before we get into it, can you just share a bit about your journey and how you came to be, you know, so into sharing this positive message with the world? Thank you. So, um, yeah, let's see. I am an eating psychology coach. I work with women on self-love, food and body image. So a lot of the work I do is around our relationship with food and our relationships with our bodies. And my story in a nutshell is that I struggled with seven or eight years of eating disorders and 
terrible body image since I was, you know, 15, 16 years old and in the performing arts industry. And actually, I'm so pleased and honoured to be on this podcast because I'm not a mother, but I have such a strong desire to be a mother one day that it was that desire that actually transformed my whole life. And that was the moment that I really committed to healing and transforming my relationship with my body because I thought I can't possibly be pregnant and you know at the time I was with you know an ex-partner and we were discussing the possibility of having kids and I thought how can I have a baby how can I go through a pregnancy when I'm abusing my body like this like energetically and physically you know I was restricting one day binging the next always starting a new diet talking down to my body in the mirror constantly with just hateful words. And I remember thinking to myself, if I have a baby in my belly, I can't be doing this to myself. This is not the right environment to grow a healthy human. And I thought, well, if I'm not prepared to do that for a baby in me, (laughs) then why am I doing it to myself? And so it was that moment that changed everything for me because I looked in the mirror and thought, what has my body ever done to me? You know, my body's been here supporting me, trying to keep me well and alive and healthy. And I've just been shaming her and punishing her and treating her like shit and, you know, stuffing her one moment and then starving her the next. And I thought, you know, if I want to grow a human in me, I have to have a better relationship with my body. And also, if I do have children, I want to set a good standard I want to be a good role model for them I don't want to pass down negative body image you know the thought crossed my mind of you know having a toddler and making them you know a healthy meal and then me having a shake or me skipping dinner because I was on diet and the thought of a young girl picking that up or seeing me in the mirror calling myself fat the thought of a young girl or a young boy seeing that and copying it was just the worst idea ever to me and was just so painful that I had to change. And years later, I've not become a mum. I actually found so much love for myself from that act and doing that, that I actually realised that the relationship I was in wasn't the relationship I was supposed to be in. And if I hadn't found that love and that confidence within myself, I probably would still be in that relationship trying to make things work. So the intention of having a child, becoming a mother, is still so strong for me and it's something that is a really big why for me because I want to be a good role model and I know that children I've always wanted to be a mother and I I know that children don't necessarily do what you tell them to do but they do copy you and they do imitate you and they pick up by osmosis they want to be like their mums you know they want to do what their mum's doing so I think the best way that we can kind of teach our children to have good relationships with their food and with their bodies is by doing that ourselves so that's why I'm so happy to be on this podcast. <laughs> well, we're so happy to have you here. And I think, you know, God, you're so right with everything you say. And a lot of the mums that I talk to, it's really interesting. Getting pregnant is often the moment when mums get interested in nutrition as well. Mm. It's, you know, what am I giving my body? Is it fuel and is it nourishing or is it poison? Is it, you know, mm. because that act yeah. of growing another human, I think it's such a natural time to think about our relationships with food with our bodies and then of course it's all just a mirror for our relationship with our self exactly isn't it so what did you do then you're stood in the mirror and you've thought you've had that amazing thought which sounds otherworldly to me it sounds like it's sort of oh it just dropped into me yeah completely Yeah. yeah around why can't I do this for myself what did you do what was the first thing that you did when you thought I want 
change? First of all, I thought, well, I realized that I am not ready to have a baby right now because the stuff that I'm putting into my body and the stuff that I'm doing to my body, I'm talking like grueling workouts, like all obsessing about like how I looked in the mirror, fat burners, you know, any kind of quick fix Mm -hmm. that you could find I was having. Drinking protein shakes, like, I mean, forcing them down. Like, I'm talking like energetically what I was doing to my body was not good. Diet Coke, quick and easy, low calorie things that were just full of chemicals. Were you counting calories? I was counting everything, tracking everything. (laughs) Like I could not have been more in a bad place with my food and my body. So yeah, I recognized that where I was at was not where I needed to be in order to embark on this pregnancy journey and maybe unconsciously I knew that I wasn't with the right person but certainly not consciously at the time I was just like right I need to prepare myself for this journey if if I am going to start trying for a baby this is something that I need to focus on it's really important to me I looked in the mirror and I said okay Mel you know at the time I'd also been bulimic for like a lot of years so I knew that you know there was a high possibility that I damaged my colon I didn't know how my digestion would Mm. be because I was I was actually, you know, being sick and I was taking laxatives. So, like, that is obviously quite an extreme case. But because of where I was at and that kind of damage, I was just like, okay, I need to be on this journey of self-love and of nourishing my body for a good year before I even think about being deserving of that responsibility of having a child. So I basically looked in the mirror and I said to myself, if I can drop all of this shit that I'm doing, if I can stop dieting, if I can stop weighing myself every day, if I can change the whole way that I treat myself and my food and my body and just focus on two things, nourishment and love as if I'm growing a human, but I'm not, you know, Mm. because we need to treat ourselves and our bodies like we are someone that we are responsible for taking care of, which we are, which we are (laughs) right. But we do this when it's our own children, But when it's ourselves, like we're not doing it. And I actually think that needs to come first. And, you know, that kind of came first for me. So I, I, you know, I focused on, okay, love and nourishment. And the big thing for me that I kept referencing was trying to treat my body as if it was a friend. And that changed a lot for me because I'd been treating my body like it was a garbage can (laughs) or, you know, something to obsess over in the mirror. Mm. And I'd been chucking things into it all day without really caring what was going in or I'd been like completely obsessed with every single thing that was going in. So really not the way that you would treat a friend at all. So having that intention of I'm going to start treating my body like not just a friend but a best friend really changed how I acted. And so I started eating more intuitively with what my body actually wanted to be nourished by rather than what's fast and easy and I can grab which I know is, you know, a very mum thing to do. Mm. But also I was in that kind of really obsessive perfectionist, like what is the lowest calorie, the lowest fat, the lowest carb, the lowest this, you know, all of that stuff. And I just decided to drop all of that and just focus on if I am preparing for motherhood, if I was nourishing a child and if I was treating my body like a best friend, what would I be doing? So that was the thing that I kept coming back to. And I love it. I love at the start, actually, when you referred to your body as her. Mm. That really touched me. That changed a lot for me because I'd always been like, it, it, it doesn't look this, it doesn't look that. And when I started seeing it as a friend, I started referencing that in my head, I would just speak to her and I would say nice things to her and I would talk to my belly. You know, my colon had to heal a lot from the abuse that I'd done to it. Like I had to have a lot of colonic hydrotherapy and stuff like that. So I got into the habit of speaking to my belly a lot 
knowing that there was no child in there, but just speaking to her because I'd been so abusive towards my belly and so, you know, everyone kind of has that body part of theirs that they fixate on. And, you know, mine was always my belly. And I can imagine for a lot of mums, it's probably their belly as well because it never looks the same, Yeah, you know. We'll talk about that. But actually speaking to my body was instrumental in my transformation because it made me connect. It made me connect with my body in a way that I'd never done before. I actually think you can't be truly connected to our bodies and abusive at the same time I think yeah. you need a level of disconnection in order to you do the denial I would completely call it. completely and like the most if not all the women that I work with that have disordered relationships with food or are extreme emotional eaters or yo-yo mm. dieters the more you've been a dieter probably the more disconnected you are from your body yeah because truthfully. it becomes about following something outside of you it's exactly. the opposite of intuition intuition isn't it because it's from a book or it's from an app or we've got to write it down it's like hugely disempowering and it's really masculine it's really scientific it's really like what's right what's wrong Mm. grams measuring tracking counting it's It's all numbers isn't it really it's bonkers when you think about about, it yeah it's all in your head gets you really into your head rather than into your body and so half of this process is really about getting you out of your head and into your body really connecting with your body rather than being about like what should i be what should I be doing at the gym what should I should 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 which is all in your head and like what does my body feel like like what does my body want to do and with exercise as well am I doing this workout because I think I should do it and I think it it will burn calories or am I doing it because it feels good for my body like giving your body that allowing your body to speak to you and tell you what it wants you to do Mm, I love that and that's your message that's really weird for your book as well called the goddess revolution check it out (laughs) which is about freedom Mm. and finding that freedom from all that control isn't it Mm. which obviously is what hallmarks any addiction or disorder is the Mm. need for control and the antithesis therefore being that ability to check in with our bodies Mm. and I think through the pregnancy journey you know I was lucky my sort of disconnection and not great relationship with myself never manifested with food Mm. I think I tried a couple of times but it never really I have a vague memory of taking some laxatives when I was younger but Mm. maybe only for like a day and then I was like oh no yeah this is not not for me it's not a good journey to go down this isn't for me mine manifested in relationships having said that going through pregnancy I was already interested in nutrition and Mm. had been on that journey interestingly as part of my just like you mine started with relationships you know what am I doing with who I'm with and Mm. starting to love myself more it became a really natural thing to start to think about what I was putting in my Mm. body and nourishing my body and loving my body but when I was pregnant that really got even greater levels Mm. of interest for me because you're growing a a whole human whole human like it's just such a gift it's amazing so I got really really into and also what I was thinking about my body and the thoughts that I was thinking Mm. you know knowing that everything is energetically linked exactly yeah and then you know this amazing belly grows and the women that I work with not always but tend to feel okay with the changes going through our bodies in that Mm. time it's afterwards and that's really what I want to dig into with you Mm. because you are such an amazing eating psychology coach and I know there are so many mums out there who need support with this Mm. so we have the baby and then there seems to be in the media daily mail I will name and shame seem obsessed with 
putting all these photos of mm. flaunting or revealing her post baby body <laughs> they call it yeah I think one even said like someone debuting her post body baby I was like what is this <laughs> you know six weeks later Wild. so yeah I think it'd be good to mm. get your thoughts on how do we love that because let's face it well for me my mm. body definitely doesn't look the same the flabby belly yeah saggy boobs I call them two rocks in a couple of Tesco bags now <laughs> <laughs> after breastfeeding that's amazing so if someone's had honesty. their baby and yeah. they are thinking to themselves right baby's out mm-hmm. want to get back to the gym mm-hmm. want to get back to those hit classes and mm-hmm. start maybe thinking about dieting or getting mm-hmm. that baby body back yep what would you say to someone? Well, there's a few things that have just come up for me. So, you know, I think the biggest problem with this is that we're trying to go backwards, which is impossible, right? So, you know, the biggest issue that I see in young mums doing this is they're trying to get something back that is not coming back. They're trying to go back in time or they're trying to get a body back that they had a year or two ago or, you know, in their early 20s or, you know, whenever... And we're not going that way ever, you know, (laughs) we can never go and and, and, and do the past, right? So I think that's the biggest mindset shift to realise is that you can only actually move forward. So no matter what changes your body goes through, your body's not the same as it was a year ago and it won't be, but neither are you in the last you're year you're a mum now yeah you're right you're a mum now right first of all your body's given you like the greatest gift of mankind <laughs> so literally. literally the greatest gift on earth the gift of life that is what your body has done so like I mean that's just a miracle to be honest like that is a miracle okay so let's not forget about that like what you've gotten as a result of that has been just like way more than any you know rippling abs will give you you know so you're not the same person as you were you've come into a completely new chapter in your life and so has your body and that's what's so important and I don't know if you've spoken on your podcast about the you know the archetypes that a woman goes through in her life the four kind of seasons of womanhood so first of all we start out in the maiden chapter of our life and this is kind of mimicked in our menstrual cycles as well we see this we go through these four seasons every month So we start out in the maiden season and then we graduate from maidenhood onto motherhood. And then we graduate into wild woman a little bit later on. And then we graduate into wise woman. And that's the final chapter of our life, right? So you have graduated from maidenhood into motherhood, right? So by trying to always go back to maidenhood, and this is what happens when, you know, women are denying the fact that they're aging. You know, they're trying to get all this Botox and fillers and trying to kind of deny the aging process. It's a way that, you know, spiritually they're denying the season that they're in. You know, they've graduated from a season, like that season ain't coming back. And the gift of it. The gift of it, right. So it's like about honoring where you're at and your body is a reflection of that. You know, your body is a reflection of where you're at in your inner world. So you aren't going backwards, neither is your body. You can move forward and absolutely you can have a very healthy and strong and fit body as a mother. But just don't be with the mentality of like trying to get something back. That's, I think, the biggest lesson here that people might need to hear. Move forwards, not backwards. I think that's so interesting because some of the mums that I work with... I've noticed, I mean, there's no bigger transition, Mm. I don't think, 
than entering into motherhood. I mean, you're never going to be a single person again, you mm, know, hopefully. Yeah. You know, and even if the worst happens, you're still always a mother. Yeah. So you are changed forever. And I can't think of anything else in life where that is true. You know, marriage, mm. you can get divorced, you can sell house. You know, most things there's a way out of, but not really motherhood. Yeah, someone, you know. it's a pretty big commitment. <laughs> yeah, and when I work with some mums who seem obsessed with getting the body back, mm. I've noticed it's sometimes a way of one thing that they can start to feel like their old selves, yeah. they'll often say, yeah, to look like their old selves mm. and feel like their old selves, especially if someone's had their identity wrapped up in looking good. Yeah. So how does someone psychologically start to feel good in clothes that might be three sizes bigger, which is probably what more mine are, or, you know, in a bikini or a swimsuit on holiday? You know, for me, I've never really experienced self-consciousness before because mm. I always had you know, pretty fine body. And yeah. after Jessie, it's really different. Yeah. And I noticed the first time I was in a bikini, I felt a bit like I wanted to put my hand on my belly and that's mm. all quite new for me. Mm. Um, how does someone make that transition to love, as we were saying, this mm. motherhood phase graduating mm. from the maiden? I think it's so important to think of your body as something that you have a relationship with rather than something to look at. Because we're so much more than what we see in the mirror. And although that is usually what creates a negative relationship with our body is like, oh, it doesn't look the way that I want it to look anymore. That's so interesting. I never thought of it like that. Mm, yeah. So like usually we hate our bodies or we say awful things to our bodies because of how they look. But if we can kind of realise that we're so much more than what we see in the mirror, you know, you don't love someone because of how they look. It's about to say with our children, yeah. it doesn't matter what they look like. Right. We adore it's the essence of them. Exactly. It's the essence of them. It's who they are. It's the same with, you know, our partners. You don't disown your partner because they look different than they looked a year ago. No. You know, if they gain a few pounds, you know, you still love them, <laughs> right? It's still do. the same person. Yeah. So it shouldn't really be any different for you, especially if you've been given this, you know, the gift of motherhood, as I say. So I think the biggest and most powerful tool that you can use there if you are feeling self-conscious of, of how you look is just remembering to get back into how do I feel? Am I supporting my body with my choices? Am I speaking to my body kindly? How you feel is more important than how you look. Just like how your life feels is more important than how your life looks. It's not about what's on the outside. It's how you feel on the inside. That's the most important thing. So, you know, if you are punishing your body by binging or you've like completely you know I hate this term but let yourself go if you feel like you've let yourself go in that you are not even making conscious choices around food anymore you're just shoving anything in then pay attention to that but not in a way of like I need to look better but in a way of I need to treat my body like I'm taking care of her and then how you feel on the inside will be great and then guess what? You know, things change on the outside as a reflection of how you feel on the inside. So, you know, when you feel great in your body on the inside, the lens through which you see your body in the mirror changes. Of course, your body's going to be different after motherhood. Of course, you're not going to get that exact body back. But what you've got is even better. Yeah. And, you know, again, like you want to pass down to your children you know, you want to be a mother who feels good in her own skin so that your children pick that up. I think that's really important. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stresses, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, 
it can start to affect us negatively. And therapy is a space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. Therapy is just an incredible, safe, non-judgmental space. I absolutely love it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule, which I think as busy mums is what we all need. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash motherkind today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash motherkind. And I think what's so fascinating as well is often what mums struggle with and will come to me around is energy. Mm. And, you know, when then when we look at mm. getting our bodies back, that horrible phrase that we've talked about, often a lot of the foods that people will be eating are low energy, actually. Mm. They'll be like high sugar mm. giving spot, you know, none of the sustaining energy that actually as mm. mums, we need to do those 15, 16 hour days, especially yeah. as new mums, 20 hour days sometimes. Completely. And also doing things that give you energy it is about what you're putting in. But your mindset can be one that gives you energy or one that doesn't, you know. Give some examples of that. So I'm talking about like stories that we tell ourselves. I'm talking about the words that we use to describe how we are, how our day is going. And this is something that I know a lot of mums can be guilty of, of like, how are you? Oh, so busy, so tired, so stressed. It's like we reiterate the same stories over and over again. And that actually depletes our energy because we're kind of identifying with this story that we don't actually want but we cling to Mm. so it's like if you want to improve your energy levels try speaking in a different way try a different story what would you replace those phrases with i'm tired i'm overwhelmed i'm doing great (laughs) you know i mean you know obviously you know it can feel like you know telling yourself little little white lies but you know it could be that you are struggling to fit things into your day and it could be that you change the story whereby instead of saying there's not enough hours in a day you say I'm prioritizing what means something to me yeah you know I'm making time for what matters and I think you know the language that we speak when we're kind of talking about our lives or telling people how we're doing obviously you can take this and say oh well that's not true it's not how I feel and that's fine and I get that and I'm not saying be inauthentic but I'm just saying be aware that the words that you're saying that's like an energy that is like your body is listening to on a cellular level yeah and also kids are listening Exactly, exactly. So like the words that we say to ourselves, the stories that we constantly repeat and hear ourselves saying throughout the day, that is energetic as well. You know, that's going to either give you energy or you're going to feel more drained, you know, by the end of the day. Because what we focus on expands. Mm -hmm. And it took me a while to really get that. Like I'd read about it and heard of speakers saying it. You know, it's sort of law of attraction type stuff, isn't it? But I guess only recently I've that's really dropped to my heart. Mm. Actually, if I'm focusing on especially starting mother kind, you know, I'm focusing mm. on I'm capable to do this. Yeah. I'm allowed to you know, all that positive yeah. instead of like almost like self depreciating sometimes I can notice yeah. like, oh well I it's only this or only yeah. or just yeah, yeah, putting yeah. those little words in front yeah. of stuff. Just like apologizing for apologize, yourself. Yeah, yeah, just subconsciously keeping myself small. Mm and you're right it's so energetic Mm. and we're all responsible for our own energy and I think it's really tempting to think and you know the media doesn't really help with this and you know advertising companies you know they kind of say that you know if you eat this you'll have quick energy 
sugar, coffee, you know, these quick kind of things. Those breakfast drinks and all that rubbish. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know, maybe for five minutes... But, I mean, we're responsible for our own energy and you actually get more energy from generating energy yourself. You know, and you don't have to do that from taking things outside of you, like food or drink. You can do that from how you feel about yourself, your mindset, your attitude. That actually creates more energy that is positive or more energy that is negative. You know, we're the ones that are responsible for that. And often we can create our own motivation by starting and then being our own motivation that kind of creates momentum for us Mm. and what sort of things do you do I mean obviously you have an incredibly full life what sort of things do you do to keep your energy going do you follow a certain type of I guess you don't follow a certain type of diet do you eat meat do you eat everything I stopped eating meat when I, I lost my dad six years ago to cancer and that actually was when I was training to be a health coach and so I actually went vegan back then, but I wasn't vegan for very long. I gradually introduced eggs back in and fish back in and, you know, small amounts of dairy, but meat is something that never actually came back. I just never missed it. So, yeah, no, I don't follow any kind of diet. I just eat very intuitively and try and nourish my body to the absolute best that it can feel. I always am an advocate for being in constant communication with your body. So your body will tend to let you know by way of how it feels like what felt good and what didn't feel good yes you know so okay. like rather how do you than do that do you do that through because i know a lot of mums me included you know rush around mm. and i can get to the end of the day and be like oh i don't feel great mm. but that probably started at breakfast will you take yeah. moments through your day to check in with your body with her or yeah are you now so attuned that you sort of it's just a constant communication i think it is a constant communication but i think those little pockets of time if you can fine to check in and notice how your body's feeling and I mean you know a lot of the women that I work with that have been yo-yo dieters their whole life have no concept of when your body is hungry and when your body is full I don't know but maybe with your audience it's the case of like they go past the point of hungry to the point where like they'd never eat because they're so busy yeah, with the that's kids quite common, yeah. or maybe just kind of stuffing things in without even registering or even kind of contemplating what would nourish your body for today and give you the energy you need. The interesting one with me I wanted to talk to you about actually was I noticed when Jessie started having food, Mm. what I was doing was polishing off, hovering over the bin, (laughs) yeah, seriously, whatever she hadn't had. I think it might have been Julie Montague that I was chatting. If someone in our sort of, you know, wellbeing Mm. world said, that doesn't feel very loving. (laughs) And I honestly, I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. I just get so hungry, as you were saying, because I'd be mm. so busy, mm. and then give her dinner, realise how starving I was, and I was polishing off her. You know, luckily it was yeah. quite good food. It wasn't like chicken nuggets or anything. <laughs> yeah, and I thought, yeah. God, that's not... Mm. That's actually not very loving to her, to yeah, my body. it comes back to that thing of, like, put on your own life jacket first. Yes. Like, take care of yourself yes. first and make sure that your cup is full and you're nourished and, you know, you feel good. And it almost feels like it's going against natural desire seems to be in motherhood is to just give to your kids before you and put them before you. Mm. But, you know, it takes a bit more effort to actually, you know, realise that you really matter and actually you're going to be a better mother for it. Like really taking care of yourself and taking the time to do that. Yeah. And I think, you know, you, kids will actually respect you more for that when they get older. Mm. I wanted to ask you about this as well around that idea of our children watching us. Mm. And especially as girls get 
older do mm. you work with I guess I don't know if you do but with younger girls if mm. there's you know a few of my mums in the audience have teenage girls you know what should we be teaching mm. them how do we cushion them I guess from the massive social media and all the media mm. around thinner 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 yeah it's such a question that I get asked a lot and, sure. and a lot of the women that I work with that you know that do have issues around food when we do the work and we go back to their childhood and things that started, it's shocking, but I would say around 90% of people, it started with their mum. You know, they picked up something from their mum, whether it was their mum on Weight Watchers or their mum always calling herself fat or... Um, like grabbing her stomach. Grabbing her stomach. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's amazing what we pick up from our mum because as young girls we do just want to be like our mum we want to grow up like our mummy is our hero in so many ways so if you have a child or a teenager you know yes the media is it is what it is I think we're not going to change that are we that's not short term do you know what it is changing because you know you mentioned Daily Mail earlier but actually now because of social media there's a lot less people reading tabloids and a lot more people are consuming content online and mm. they get to choose who's on their feed. So yeah, I think like we get to choose who's on our news feed. We get to choose who is inspiring us and who we are looking at their lives every day. And, you know, if you've got a teenage daughter, who she follows will be largely impacting her, I imagine, but no one as much as her mum, I would say. So I think the best way that we can teach our daughters and sons to have a good relationship with food and their bodies is just by being it ourselves by being the example that we want to see and you know an exercise that I do with my clients is you know if they're kind of saying to me is this diet okay or is this thing okay am I doing like what I'm doing now with my body is this okay and I say to them if you had a daughter and she was doing it would you say it was okay it's a really good one isn't it and always they're just like "Mm, no no, I it's, it's instant, isn't it? I've yeah. said it to a friend before who wasn't sure about this relationship and uh, she has a daughter. And I said, well, how would you feel if so-and-so was in? She said, oh, it wouldn't be good. It's instant, yeah. clear. I was like, well, there you go. That might be Exactly, exactly. And it's like we're in denial of that because we think that it's somehow different for us and we can get away with treating ourselves worse. Yeah. But no, like not if you want a really happy and healthy, fulfilled and enriched life. (laughs) Anyway, you know, we can get away with treating ourselves badly, but there are repercussions of that. Of course we can. And it's that sort of life of quiet desperation, I call it. Mm. Where everything's fine. But but just fine. Just fine. It's never going to get any better than fine. feels great. So if there's a mum listening, he's like, this has maybe been the sign that she's been... Mm-hmm. looking for to change her relationship I know you shared about change her relationship with food mm. I know you talked about when you first started but mm. where would someone go I know there's loads of great stuff in your book and mm. on your site is there anywhere else that you would signpost someone if they're listening to this conversation and thinks right mm. tomorrow I want to change where would they go where would they go not physically physically <laughs> metaphorically <laughs> metaphorically okay so I don't um, need an address <laughs> where do you live Hang on, let me just get my postcode. Knocking on your door. (laughs) (laughs) We need help. Um, Maybe you should do a a mum walk-in service. (laughs) Yeah, in the show notes, there's my Google map address. (laughs) Okay, so a few, like, first steps, I Mm. would say. Get rid of the scale. That has to go. Throw it in the bin. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Just get rid of it. 
get rid of anything that reminds you of like old diets that you used to go on or you know things that you associate with getting your body back throw Um, the books away throw the books away I think see this as a brand new chapter in your life and see this as an opportunity to reconnect with your body so you know maybe try something new that you've not done before try something that actually makes your body feel good as opposed to thinking that you should you should do something maybe banning the shoulds as well yeah ban the shoulds try doing something that actually feels good and actually brings joy what a crazy concept to actually feel joy when you're moving your body with your food try and just listen to your body and notice when your body is actually hungry and actually full and the key with this is getting out of the head so oftentimes when we go to eat it's actually a psychological response it's not our bodies telling us that we that we're actually hungry. So this looks like, you know, grabbing something because you think you are running out of time or grabbing something because you think you should or grabbing something because you think it's the right thing to do or it's an emotional craving. It's a psychological craving which is like I'm stressed, got to eat. I'm knackered, got to eat. I'm lonely, I've got to eat. Or I'm anxious, I've got to eat. These are all psychological needs that cannot actually be met by food. They can be met by you loving yourself and you giving your soul what it really needs, which is often a bit more nourishment, take a break, practice more self-love. It could be, you know, a response to something else going on in your life, go off on a bit of a tangent here, but if it is stress due to work or stress due to something else then the answer is not food the answer is deal with that thing that's actually the problem yeah the root cause the root cause right so try and become aware of when you're reaching for food when it's psychological and when your body genuinely speaks to you because you'll feel it in your stomach it's like a gentle slow gradual I'm hungry (laughs) you know it's a little rumble or you know how that hunger feeling is but a lot of people have lost touch with that so I would say that's a good place to start just connecting with your body and there's nothing wrong with being prepared and having healthy foods in the kitchen you know prepping things in advance I think is fine if you can have a good relationship with that if you're doing that because it's a way to punish yourself or a way to be in control of everything then you know I think you're listening to this and you'll know if that's something that you have a good relationship with or a bad relationship with so really it's about becoming your body's best friend again and Mm -hmm. speaking to her with kindness and how would I treat my body if she was a best friend what would someone that loves her body do and that's always a good place to start and you know a good place to finish because it's it's something that you can keep referring to throughout the day throughout your life throughout anything that you go through whether it's booking a holiday you know around Christmas time when you're seeing all these new diets coming out what would someone that loves themselves do and what would I have my child do so yeah that's where I'd have people start Mm, what I love so much about is what you talk about and what you teach is you know even though you're about food and eating predominantly although Mm. increasingly about self-love you never really share recipes or Mm. food and I just love that because you're like no it's about the mindset and the mindset shift and it's like almost that trust that once you get that right the rest of it is sort of Theory, it isn't it? It's just yeah. you know, it's what it is. Yeah, you know, eat, eat, do what you want. Exactly. I mean, when I first started doing health coaching, I was predominantly about recipes, and I was telling people what to eat. And I mean, you know, there are still hundreds of recipes on my website, but it's not what it's about. It's yeah. not about eating what someone else on the internet says you should eat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's about learning what makes your body feel good, yeah. and it's not the same as everyone else. 
notice what makes your body feel good and there's plenty of people that you can get inspiration off for meal ideas and you know by all means if you want to go and have a look at my recipes please go ahead and feel free but know that it's about your relationship with food it's about your psychology it's not about what's ending up on your plate half the time it's actually about the feelings and emotions that were driving that in the first place and are you eating from a place of love for yourself and for your body Mm, that's such a good question to ask Mm. and so you've got the self-love summit yes tell us a bit about that so the self-love summit is a one-day event that i'm holding in london on the 28th of july it's the first of its kind i'm hoping to turn it into an annual event but it's got some incredible speakers lined up and it's just a full day of self-love basically it's just women if you are interested in learning about how to really love yourself love your body take better care of yourself improve all your relationships and develop and improve your spiritual health and connection as well then you know that is what this event is designed for so yeah god i'm so excited <laughs> i'm so excited it's gonna like, be so most good. of my favorites are speaking so yeah. i'm like oh, can't wait and um your website i'll put in the show notes but people can find you there and you have yeah. an amazing program you're still running that aren't you your, yes. your academy yeah very much so yeah, yeah. so Mel has an incredible online program that actually someone I know went on and is utterly transformed. So thank thank you you for that. And I ask everyone the same question at the end, Mm -hmm. which is if you could give all the mums in the world one thing, what would it be and why? Show your kids how to love themselves. Show them how it's done. Oh, I love that. And is there any better motivation than that? I always say that if you can't really do it for you, you're going to have to fake it at the start. Mm-hmm. But do it. Yeah. Do it for them. Yeah. Oh, thank yeah. you so much. This has been thank brilliant. You. So that's it. Thank you for listening to the episode. I hope you really enjoyed it. And if you did, please do leave a review on iTunes. It does make a massive difference to the number of mums that we can reach with this content. If you were listening to that episode, thinking about one of your friends that they might benefit from what we were chatting about then just tag them in on instagram my bio will include the link to the podcast so they can find it really easily from there people often tell me they're desperate to share it with their friends so if that's you then please do i feel like the guests that we have on the podcast their wisdom just deserves to be heard far and wide so help me make that happen I'd be very grateful. And also, if you want to send me any comments or thoughts about the episode, then please pop over onto Instagram at motherkind underscore Zoe. And also, just to let you know about my coaching. So I do work one-on-one with mums on my programme, which is a three-month programme called Reconnect to You. So if you want to work with me on taking your power back in any area of your life, then please do get in touch. Just drop me an email, zoe at motherkind.co or look on the website, www.motherkind.co. That's it. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Take care.